0: Me to Me, <laughs>
1: were presented to me by the victims of the crime or the perpetrators who committed the crimes. My descriptions of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you are going to get offended, turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Real Life Real Crime The Hotline Edition. And actually it's our third hotline drop in... I want to say thank you to all the patron members who called in or texted in their questions. I appreciate it. And you can become a patron member, any tier patron member, and have access to the hotline number, y'all. If you want to call in and give a shout out or ask a question or say whatever you want to say, it's your number to use and I appreciate it. So let's get started with today's episode. Our first question comes from a dear friend of ours, Tina Benton. Tina's career law enforcement and her husband is double career law enforcement. I know he retired from Louisiana department, of wildlife and fisheries. And I think now he works with the sheriff's office, but Tina, let's see what she has to say.
0: Hey, Woody, this is Tina Benton. I'm doing errands. So, um, uh If I have a little cuss word here and there, it's because there's ignorant drivers all over this place. So, anyway, the question is, what was the worst case you've worked? And I'm sure it's going to be one of your series. And I'm enjoying your podcast, for one. For two, it gives me something to do when I'm not sewing. And y'all have a great day. We will see you later.
1: Okay thank you Tina and y'all Tina is from down real 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 heart of Cajun country but has lived in this area now for many years I would guess but born and raised down in the heart of Cajun country and a good friend of ours so Tina and thank you for your question and I'm I'm sure those drivers are frustrating right what a bunch of idiots yeah. But anyway, to answer your question, I can tell you, I can go from one end of the scale to the other, most direct involvement, the scale to the other, one end of the scale to the other, Tina, is uh, the David, well, I'll tell you what, instead of saying names so people don't Google and look it up, because I am going to do big episodes on these, maybe many seasons, if you will, the murder, brutal murder of an 82-year-old sweetheart who did nothing but raise foster children her entire life. And she I think she had 57 blows to the head, and then they shot her in the head and pulled down her panties and pushed up her nightgown and made it look like it was a rape. But I'll, I'll explain that in an episode. And you probably know which one that is, Tina. It, it goes back some years, but that was my direct me Responding hands on case, and the other one is a little 12 year old girl from down here where I'm at, in close to where I'm at, and just a sick fuck that that did her. She was such a sweet, little innocent girl, and she her first name was almost identical to my oldest daughter's first name, and it worked that one for the inception, also. So, those two are the worst. I mean, there's a lot of dead baby cases and stuff like that, a lot of tragic cases, but as far as ones that I've really been really emotionally involved in, it would be those two I'm telling you about, but I'm not going to say the names. So, I'm going to give it up on episodes. I'm but we're going I'm going to do those episodes sometime probably after CrimeCon, which is I think June the 6th through the 9th in New Orleans. So, it'll be sometime this summer. But I'm Appreciate your question, Tina. Thank you. And tell your husband we said hello. All right, let's go to our next caller.
0: Hey, Woody. It's Rika Ketchum here from Phoenix, Arizona. And I was calling to see uh, if you had any crazy stories from your family members that are in law enforcement so that maybe we can hear one of their neat stories just like yours. Anyway, uh, glad to be a patron member, and um, hopefully we can meet you at CrimeCon. Me and my friend Jen are going to be there, um, flying out of Phoenix right into New Orleans. So we'd love to meet you. Thank you. Bye.
1: Okay, Rika, really, really appreciate you being a patron member also, and we would definitely get together at CrimeCon we're going to be there we'll be staying at the hilton we'll give you the information when we're there and we're going to certainly take all our fans out for drinks into the local places and can give you the best advice on new orleans as far as where to go and what to eat and what to see and how to avoid the tourist traps et cetera. so we would definitely hook up and get the information so we have several fans coming in and it's going to be a good time. We're also going to do I'm going to do a live polygraph. We're going to do one and go like Facebook live and stuff and post it to YouTube and they're trying to talk me into spraying Kimberly Stowers with Freeze Plus P and and doing that video live and I just don't think I can do it so but anyway, it should be interesting. So you're more than welcome to join us for all of that. Hooray also. But just let us know. In Phoenix, Arizona, I mean, I was out there twice last year. And luckily, it was in the fall time. And it was cool. And it was beautiful. A great city. And I don't have any family members that are in law enforcement. All of my family members are lawyers. My mother, my father, uh, both of my grandfathers, one of my grandmothers, and they were alive, my older two brothers, my older sister, and my baby sister is a judge in Dallas. And I have one sister uh, who actually is, is a retired RN. She's full-time housewife and mom, but I don't have any. But I consider everybody that I worked with in uniform patrol or detectives or SWAT or whatever, consider them all to be my brothers, brothers in blue, if you will. And we will be doing future episodes that are going to have. And again, this is going to start after crime con. Also, we're going to start incorporating guests into our episodes. So add something different and get some more different perspectives. And just from my point of view, but Rika, we really, really appreciate you. And thank you so much. And, y'all, our next question comes from Jackie Montgomery. Jackie's been with us since the beginning. We really appreciate you, Jackie. Let's see what she has to say.
0: Hey, Woody. It's Jackie Montgomery from Canyon City, Colorado. I am just kind of curious about a couple things it's more on a personal nature I was wondering if maybe we could get a little interview with your beautiful bride and also I would love on one of your videos to see that massive outdoor kitchen that you've told us all about so just to get to know you a little bit more personally I think that you are awesome I love what you do I love that Cindy has supported you through the whole thing it must be real hard to be a a wife of the blue line so anyways i just want to say keep up what you're doing i absolutely love it i recommend you to everybody and we will talk to you soon
1: bye but jackie i want to say we love you you're awesome thank you for sharing us with everybody and i really really appreciate it okay and yes absolutely we're going to do some more videos where Cindy will be on the videos and probably some hotline questions, maybe a whole hotline thing where she can answer questions. Y'all can send in if you want, but we're going to have somebody else obviously run the camera and we can get on camera on one of our Saturday, uh, go live videos. So a lot of requests for her. and She has been awesome coming in from teaching every day and editing to God knows what time at night, (laughs) fixing all my mess ups, if you will. And maybe we'll do one of the episodes from the outdoor kitchen. And we pretty much every Sunday, we're cooking something big, right? To have leftovers, if you will, to go into the week to feed them when they get home from school and work, et cetera. So, but yes, definitely we'll do both. And thank you so much for supporting us, Jackie. You're an awesome fan and really, 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 really love you. Thank you. Okay, Sue, our next question comes from one of our favorites, Miss Cassie Wallace, y'all, from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Let's see what Cassie has to say today.
0: Hey, Woody. It's Cassie from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hopefully this one's not too personal, but how and when did you and Cindy first meet? Can't wait
1: to hear. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Cassie, that's a... That's a great story, right? So, I've known Cindy my entire life. Check this out. My parents had their first date when they were kids. I mean, I'm talking about like fifth and sixth grade, something like that. I mean, they were real young at Cindy's grandparents' home. We're from the same small town. And so, my parents had their first date at that house when they were kids, right? And then we grew up together but actually Cindy dated my best friend in high school and I dated hers and we always hung out together. Right. And, um, I actually made her her first alcoholic beverage. Of course we were underage. her first mixed drink she ever had a screwdriver. And then we were apart for many, many years and we hooked back up and we've been going strong ever since. And I think you maybe heard me tell about, getting married to the justice of the peace. And we walked in the door. <laughs> it was a one-stop shop in Livingston Parish. We walked in the door, and the guy sitting behind the desk was the son of the justice of the peace who I actually had arrested before. And so when I walked in, I called his dad earlier and told him that we were coming that night. And we walked in, that his eyes got real big. And I said, he called his dad and said, uh, Detective Overton's out here and needs to speak to you. So we go to the back, to the Justice of the Peace desk, and we sit down, and we're getting married, or he's preparing to marry us. And lo and behold, we didn't have any witnesses. So the Justice of the Peace called his son back there, the one who I had arrested previously, and... He was our witness who signed our marriage certificate. Now, I bet you there's not too many people in the United States of America whose wedding certificate or license, whatever you want to call it, is signed by a person that they arrested and booked into jail. So that's just a little funny haha, on that. But before we got married... Uh, went into that part of the building, I got my hair cut in the, uh, in the same building. And then we got married, and you could do everything as justice piece here, right? So we didn't have the big formal wedding or anything like that, but known her my whole life, and will if she'll keep putting up with me, I'll know her the rest of my life. So thank you, Cassie. I really, really appreciate you. So the next question, y'all, is you're gonna have to bear with it because it's it's two parts. It's actually not two parts, but the I think the the limit on the t- time the voice message can be is like two minutes. And our next caller uh, went over, so it's two separate messages. But listen to it because it's really really funny, and then I'll answer it.
0: This is Shannon Hayes from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, I'm calling in. I worked for 20 years as a um, victim assistant practitioner advocate for the state of North Carolina with an emphasis, I guess my specialty was domestic violence, sexual assault, violent crime. So I saw a lot of things, heard a lot of things, and I would love to hear some of the funny situations that happened um, with you and some of your cases. I know this kind of work is not funny, but it seems like when you, when you work in a situation, it's very stressful. Sometimes humor keeps you sane in a way. Um, I know I had some lots of funny situations that occurred. We're not funny at the time. One that comes to mind was, um, I had a male come into the office to see me. And he he was seeking a 50 v or a domestic violence protective order. And we do have a lot of males that that would come in to to get help. Um, And this guy kind of struck me when he came in the door. He's kind of odd. He's kind of an older fellow. Very, very rough exterior, very rough looking. And he sat down, and I said, well, you know, what can I do to help you? And he said, um, well, he sat quietly for a few minutes. And he said, well, I never thought I'd be sitting here. And I said, well okay you kind of tell me what's going on and he says well i'm afraid to eat or drink in my own damn house and i'm like oh shit so his girlfriend basically was threatening to to poison his food and so it turned out that the girlfriend was was the one that was very very violent um so i said "Well, give me some more detail you know i can definitely help you seek a protective order but i need you know some details give me some background let me know what's what's going on, who you are, this kind of thing. So I start filling out the, the intake form. And lo and behold, he says, well, I'm trying to do things the right way this time. And I said, okay, what do you mean by this time? Well, come to find out, he has spent 10 years in prison for shooting someone when he was younger. And he said, I'm not looking to get back to prison. Which was good I mean, you're making a good choice. You're really making the correct choice. Let me help you, let's do this thing the right way. So we do the paperwork, we go before the judge. This is a judge he's seen multiple times. This is a judge he told me later. I was so mad I told this judge, you know, to kiss my ass. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, Well please don't do that this time, you know, please. Let's let's keep it civil. So he's granted his order for ten days she served but out of the house um, and we have a court date set for 10 days later and when we go for the see I have such a big mouth and talk so long I just drug on so um, I'll make I'll finish the story and make it quick um, when we got to court that day we were standing in the hallway waiting for them to open the doors and she she comes up and I could see in her eyes immediately she's going to break this order because she just can't stand herself she's going to have to talk so she starts coming over and he's looking at me I'm like, oh, gosh. And I'm five foot one, 120 pounds. And I'm thinking, yeah, I've had this happen before. This is not going to be good. So I just kind of stepped up and I said, wait, wait, you know, let's don't go there. You know, you, you're not supposed to talk to him. He's not going to talk to you. You go to that end of the hallway. We'll go to this end and let's leave it at that. So we did. And I thought everything was, was, was cool. So they open the courtroom doors and we go in. And the case is called. And we all step up. And the first words out of her mouth to God and everybody is, I want you to know, I have seen, I have witnessed this blonde bitches with him climbing in his bedroom window. I know she's screwing him. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this woman has lost her mind. Anyway, embarrassment, you know, I mean, it was like, what do you say? What do you do? You know, everybody, everybody's looking at me and kind of grinning. I'm like, oh, God." Needless to say, she pretty much told on herself we were able to have her arrested that day for violation of the order. It's pretty, pretty obvious she stalked him, you know, even though there was no truth to it whatsoever. I had not been at his trailer. I had not climbed in his window, you know, but the person that he was, had been at his home, was a blonde female. So that is probably who she saw. Thank God she didn't really know who that woman was, or I'm sure she would have caused her multiple problem but it can just be funny at times the, the shit that goes on um, and what you get sometimes for just trying to be helpful you know I'll never forget when that case was over the judge said you know well you know Shannon no good deed goes unpunished and I'm like you're right so it would be nice to hear some of the funny situations that you've been in thank you so much I love the podcast can't wait for each episode right now I'm retired from crime so to speak and um so it's, it's good to reflect and
1: look back on all of this thank you all and have a wonderful day bye-bye <laughs> shannon that's that's funny i can imagine you standing in open court right and this chick's calling you out and so my advice to you shannon is quit crawling to that guy's window no i'm, I'm just teasing yeah, but that is it's funny and it's true Um, We see so, so many funny things, right? And, I mean, just ridiculous. The truth is stranger than fiction. And when I start bringing on my buddies that I worked with, you're going to hear some stuff that's just going to make you just die uh, in a good way, of course. So, But I'll tell you one real quick one. After I did the Christopher Pell Until Death Do Us Part episode – I received a phone call from a dear friend of mine, Stephanie, who did what you, uh, well, actually she worked for the district attorney's office, but she was a victim's advocate or or in in the domestic violence section. So it turns out that Christopher Pell, before he killed Janet, was dating some chick and they got into a physical altercation and Carolyn Ott was the a assistant district attorney that handled all the domestic violence cases and they kept going on anyway so the the victim the female went to Stephanie the victim's advocate and you know, Stephanie was interviewing her etc and she said okay you know have you been intimate with Chris and and she said no we, we've never been intimate and she said you've never been intimate she said no and she's told me she talked to her a couple different times before court came up and she would ask her, you know, have you you've not been intimate with Chris since the last time I talked to you? And she said, no, I've not. We've never been intimate. And it comes the day of court and, and Stephanie had talked to Carolyn ab- about it. And Carolyn's like, look, let's just throw this out to give them a warning, tell them to go on about their business and stay away from each other. Right. <laughs> it comes the day of the court. Stephanie said she told the, the girl, she said, OK, look, Carolyn's going to dismiss everything and. Just want y'all to stay away from each other. Just leave them alone. Go your own separate ways. And the girl looked at her and said, well, what am I going to do about the baby? And Stephanie said, what baby? And I mean, she, she said she was perplexed. She didn't know what the girl was talking about, right? She had asked her so many times, have you been intimate? And, he, and she had always adamantly said no. And, she, and Stephanie said, what baby are you talking about? And she said, I'm pregnant. And she said, okay, and what does this have to do with your case? Still thinking that the girl had always said she had never been intimate with Christopher Pell. And the girl says, it's Chris's baby. And she said, but you told me numerous times that y'all had never been intimate. And the girl replied, we never were intimate. All we were doing was fucking. (laughs) So the... I I get it. A lot of times, especially in the more serious cases, we would have to cut jokes and stuff just to break the seriousness of it and, and make light of it. it. But yeah, there's lots of funny stories and we're going to be sharing them and we'll do just pure funny episodes for some of the Friday drops. And I think break the monotony of death and rape and murder and all the good stuff we've been bringing you on Fridays, but we really, really appreciate you. And They say, I have an accent, but you've got to definitely have a a North Carolina accent. And, but thank you for being a patron member. And thank you for taking in the the time to call in and leave that cool story. I really, really appreciate you. Okay, y'all, this one actually is not a question. This one comes from Karen and she is a dear friend of mine for many, many, many years. She is now retired from law enforcement. From She was the, the, the matron who ran the prison, the Livingston Parish Jail, for so many years. And she reminded me of a story and wanted me to tell it. So when she had first started with Livingston, the jail and the 911 or the radio dispatch were all together, right? So, when you walked in the front door of the jail, you had to be buzzed in to the interior door from the control room. Then, you had to walk in be buzzed into the control room door, which is where Karen ran everything from. And then, you walk through the control room into the 911 center or the radio dispatch room where all our dispatchers were that did everything. So when I would arrest people, I would bring them in, book them in, and I would go in and say hi to Karen, hang out for a few minutes, and I'd go into the radio rooms to hang out with the dispatchers for a little bit maybe take a break. And on one night, and I, had to, I totally forgot this, y'all, one night I was in there and I was in the radio room, and the doors opened in between the radio room and the where where Karen's, I guess you would call it office, but her station was. And they had a 911 call come in of a Disturbance with a knife, a one oh three D with a knife, right? So I I was sitting in there and I'm standing up and it's on my side of the parish and I was the only one available and I'm kinda taking my time. Karen's like, what are you gonna you gonna hurry out there to that knife call? And I said, Nope. I said, I'm gonna take my time. And she said, Why are you gonna take your time, Shah? I said, Because I am yeah, you know, I'm just going to take my time. She said, "But it's a it's a 911. What's going to happen? What are you going to do?" And I said, "I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. When I get there, whoever is on the ground goes to the hospital and the one that's standing goes to jail." I said it makes it easy on me. And and she laughed, right? She said that she used that for the rest of her career whenever fights would break out in the jail. She would wait when the fight was over, the one that was on the floor went to the infirmary and the one that was still standing went to the hole or to lock up. So anyway, that's what, what I used to train the young guys to. And especially when you respond to these big fights and the street fights in the hood or whatever, and no complainant was on the other end of the call and they'd be like, let's go, let's go. I'm like, Nope, just take your time drive the speed limit. And they're like, why? So, cause when we get there, Either they'll be dispersed and there won't be anybody there or they'll be so tired from fighting that when we get there, they'll be easier to affect the arrest. But thanks, Karen. You're awesome. You know, we love you and thanks for supporting us and being a patron member and a dream team member. And y'all with that, I want to tell you just about our numbers real quick. We hit 45,000 downloads today for Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast in 83 days different countries across the world how awesome is that and our patron members we love you thanks for calling in your questions and y'all call them in and i'll do it as often as i get the questions right so if you're not a patron member and look it up uh rlrcpodcast.com that has our merch store for merchandise and the links to patron and you know, check out the different tiers and tier three patron members are actually going to receive their second full bonus episode tonight. And they received of course the mini and the full episode last month and already the mini episode this month, but we we appreciate you to patron members. We appreciate each and every one of you. And look, we appreciate all of our listeners. You don't have to be a patron member to help out. And if you want to help, just tell somebody about real life, real crime. Our numbers are phenomenal, y'all. They, they, we're just killing it. And that's because not only are our patron members, but because each and every one of y'all that like and share and take the time to promote our podcast. I mean, sharing in those groups on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And now we have our YouTube channel and you have to go to channels and search real life, real crime podcast. And we put up several videos and of course all our episodes are on YouTube now. And so, you know, if you like it, share it and we appreciate it. And we, I mean, we're growing almost at the rate of a thousand downloads per day It's crazy, but I, I love and appreciate each and every one of you just can't thank you enough. And our private Facebook page Real life, real crime, friends, fans, and crew is over 750 members now, y'all. And if you're not a member, send us a request, and my dream team of moderators will hook you up and get in and see the stuff, the interactions between the fans and us. And there's a lot of true crime stuff that's posted every day, awesome stuff. Like Karen, I just told you about She almost daily post some great murder case that from Louisiana that she has personal knowledge of. And just, I mean, it's a lot of sharing and, and going back and forth and just good stuff. And a lot of bonus stuff on the episodes, photographs and extra things that are shared by us and by our fans who look up the extra stuff on the episodes. So, also, one more. Check this out. We created, or actually Cindy, my wife created, the Real Life Real Crime Lanyap group. And Lanyap, y'all, is a Cajun word meaning extra or free or bonus. And this group is for all of our fans who can showcase whatever artistic talents they have or if they make something or sell something or if they're just passionate about something. Um, You can post it on there, and other like-minded members will share their stuff, and we use it to maybe trade regional food items or beers or or whatever. You know, like I like hot sauce and beer, right? And Louisiana has some great ones, and I've got some comments, some people who are going to trade me some stuff, my beer for their beer, or what have you, hot sauce for hot sauce. And we already have, I don't know, 40 or 50 members signed up and they're posting their crafts etc it's pretty cool it's just an extra uh, lanyap if you will bonus and spinoff of our regular page and i also want to mention our lanyap button uh, or lanyap fun which we created i think last week and that's if you want to don't want to be a patron member, et cetera, or you want to donate to the show, you can go there and click on the Lanyap button and give a dollar to whatever amount you want to give. And we would appreciate it. It's just something Lanyap extra bonus for us. And you do that. And I'll automatically give you a shout out on the next week's episode. But we thank everybody for supporting us and liking and sharing. And we're constantly trying to get better content, editing, etc., and just appreciate y'all, and you make it all worthwhile, and as long as I'm breathing, we'll keep doing it, and as long as you're listening and I'm breathing, we'll keep doing it, and I appreciate you, and don't let me catch you down on Murder by you, Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Thank you. she to me love.